I've been sick, and I'm still recovering. I thank you for your prayers, and uh, but the Lord knows all things. Turn with me now to John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years and when Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, Another steppeth down before me. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. And with the help of the Lord, the first half of this message will be entitled, The Rest of the Story. The Rest of the Story. Dear Lord, we thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your word that's forever settled in heaven. We ask, O oh Lord God, that you would anoint your servant, Lord Jesus, to preach what you have given us, Lord, today. Help us, Lord, to receive what you would have to say. Speak to each heart, for we know that your word is never bound. We thank you, Lord God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Move by your power and by your spirit in the remainder of this service that your divine and perfect will be accomplished in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of the Lord. Here we find a story that is quite familiar to those that have been raised around church of a story of this place known as Bethesda. It was a special Sheep by a pool by the sheep market. And the story goes that angels would come at certain seasons. 
Apparently, we don't know what season that it was, but just at a certain time. And the waters would begin to be troubled. And at the troubling of the water, whoever made it down to the water first was healed of whatsoever disease that they had. And here we find in this backdrop a man that is very feeble and impotent man, a very sick man that is laying there waiting for the moving of the water. We find where the Jesus comes and asks him a question as he sits there waiting, looking for the moving of the water. Jesus comes and he says, Wilt thou be made whole? Would you like to be made whole? And this man responded with nothing but an excuse. There was a desire, but yet his faith was so low. For he replied, sir, I don't have anybody. I have no man that when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. And while I'm making my way, while I'm making the attempt in faith, over and over again, somebody always has someone to help. You got to give me more monitor, please. Somebody has got to help and there's nobody to help me. There's plenty of people to help all the other folks and so they get down to the pool faster than I do. And I've been sitting here thinking about the whole thing and you know, I think if I had somebody that would stay with me and would go with me down to the pool, that then I could be healed of my disease. He really didn't know who he was talking to. He was talking to the one that created the angel that troubled the water. <laughs> Come on, I said he was talking to the one that created the angel that troubled the water. I want you to know today that the Lord is still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think but we gotta get up and dare to believe God because that's the rest of the story he could have spent the rest of his years laying there on that chair waiting for somebody to come and stay with him until the next angelic visitation but what he didn't realize is he had a visitation. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is in the house today. There is a divine visitation in the house today. Amen. Hallelujah. God's able to do it in the name of the Lord. If you have need, just lift your hand and say, God, I don't know where the help's coming from, but I know you're going to help me. I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord, but I believe you're going to do it in Jesus' name because that's the rest of the story. That's the rest of the story. He could have lain there waiting for somebody to come and help him, but nobody was going to come. But yet this, this man, he could have laid there and died, but yet there was more to the story than what we see. There was the rest of the story where Jesus said to him, rise up and take thy bed and walk. It was the rest of the story. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Now, I'm not old just yet, Sister Twyla. But I can remember some things that a lot of people here don't remember. That makes me older. I may remember Paul Harvey. Play that tape for me. Did not want to cooperate today. Give it a little volume. Three minutes here. Thank 
examination to learn despite his reading difficulties, to become educated at Princeton, no less, to finish law school, to get elected president of the United States. The poor little rich boy whom no one thought would amount to anything was Thomas Woodrow Wilson. And now you know the rest of the story. And he was famous for putting these on every day or every time that his uh, broadcast. He would start off with, hello, Americans. And then he would introduce himself. And then he would say, stand by for news. And after news would come the rest of the story. But yet today, there is people in this house that the rest of the story has played out. Amen. God has been mighty good to many people in this house. God has moved and blessed and touched many people and brought them from so far away from God. And it was the rest of the story that saved their soul. Somebody said, I've gone too far and there's no way that God can ever help me. If, if that would have been the case, then the impotent man would have still been there waiting on somebody to help him. But the helper came by and said, I want to help you. Will you be made whole? Rise up and take up your bed and walk. And that, my friend, was the rest of his story. Well, hallelujah. But I asked somebody to give their testimony. Brother Charles, would you just give a brief testimony of what God has brought you from and then the rest of the story, how he brought you here? thing on, I guess, uh, on shaky ground and uh, kind of hard times. I was still in my, uh, as a senior in high school and, and married. Uh, I was able, we, I was able to finish school and I was working at the time on a ranch, but uh, her dad helped me get a job at Bullcraft and it turned out pretty good, but I had a small drinking problem, pretty good, uh, that I, I liked it. And uh, I was working long hours. I worked graveyards. And I come home one night. She had started going to church. And uh, me and her fought pretty good over the deals of uh, giving up her pants and things like that that she felt necessary because I was not raised in this type of environment at all. But I was raised by good folks. And uh, they good. They was good folks. And uh, But I'd come home one morning. I got home about 6 o'clock. I got off at 6, I got in, and I started out the house that day. I was going back to Grapeland to work on a boy's truck. And my wife told me, she said, well, let me tell you something, Charles. You're not a God. And I turned around and I said, well, I'll just show you what God's all about. And uh, that afternoon, uh, when I was coming back home, uh, I had a pretty severe car accident. And she had called her dad looking for me because she figured I'd been home by that time. And uh, she, he said that, uh, no, he was in the parking lot with a couple of guys. He was cutting donuts and throwing beer cans out the truck. 
so she said, uh, well, I'm through. She thought in her mind, I'm through with him. But uh, unbeknownst, she had asked God to, to do whatever it would take to get me in church. And that day on my way home, I had hit a culvert, and a guy had worked with, they were sitting under a, shade, under a tree in a swing, and his dad, which was older, said, there's been a car, a car wreck down there. And he said, no, you're hearing that bailer over there, Daddy. They're bailing hay. He said, no, Jim, Jerry, there's been a wreck. Well, they went down there and they pulled me out of the windshield of the truck, and the truck was on fire, and uh, I was broke up pretty good. Uh, radio knob went through right here. Didn't cut a jugular vein, but so close. Uh, and then I started coming to the church with her after that because she would just leave me at home. And I was in a cast up to, to my waist. People from the church had come and visited, and I started reading the Bible and uh, started coming. And I saw Jesus' name, baptism, one night, still in a cast, and got baptized. And that's some more of stories and miracles, one of the first miracles I ever seen God did on me when the bag is leaking and that water, that cast filling up with water. And then I get out and they pull the water out. And when I put my pants on, it was dry. It's a, a miracle. And uh, God has uh, been the center of our lives since then. And my family's here. My grandchildren are here. Three of them. My sons felt called to the ministry. Three of my grandsons are called to the ministry. And it's just through the power of Jesus Christ. And now you know the rest of the story. He could have been lost, but all oh, thanks be unto the Lord. Thanks be unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I have one more testimony. Sister Twyla, tell us how the Lord brought you here and made it the rest of the story.
Praise God. And now you know the rest of the story. God is so good. Where would we be except for the grace of God? Hallelujah. Can you love Jesus right now? In the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just bring up... Bring some praise to him right now. Just uh, one more time. He is worthy of all the glory and all the honor, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Please turn with me. You don't have to stand, but if you want to, please do. I... uh felt this I've I've been studying this for a while now and this is seems the time perfectly placed when pastor asked me to tag team preach now uh it seemed and when his message went forth I saw a perfect line into what I'm going to be doing today first Samuel chapter 4 verse 1 Quick reading, and the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle. The pitched besides Ebenezer, and the Philistines pitched in Aphek. The Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. When they joined the battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines, and they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. And when the people were come into the camp, And the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath God smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh, and that they may bring from thence the ark of the covenant and the Lord of the host, which dwelleth between the cherubims. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the covenant of God. And when the ark of the covenant came into the camp, all of Israel shouted with a great shout, so the earth rang again. And the Philist- uh, when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, Which meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? They heard the enthusiastic shouts of the, Philist- I mean, of the Israelites and they were afraid. And they understood that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord was come into the camp. But they said, Woe unto us, verse 7, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Woe unto us who shall deliver us out of the hands of these mighty gods. These are the gods that smote to the, the Egyptians all the plagues of the wilderness. Be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines that be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. 
skip down in this later on this passage we find that the Philistines were def- I mean the Philistines defeated the Israelites despite the ark of the covenant being in the camp we find that Eli the high priest you may be seated we find that Eli the high priest when he found out these this news he passed away And we find in verse 19, Eli's daughter-in-law, the son, uh, the uh, wife of the priests that were killed in the battle, Hophni and Phinehas. Phinehas' wife was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken and that her father-in-law and her husband was dead, she bowed herself and travailed for her pains came upon her about the time of her death. The woman that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast born a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel, because the ark of God was taken, because of her father-in-law and her husband. I want to focus on this passage, The Glory is Departing. That's not the title of my message today. The title of my message is, How Desperate Are You for the Glory? How desperate are you for the glory of the Lord? Let's turn to Ezekiel 10. I wish Brother Ethan was here. Is asked very several questions about this. Just bear with me for a minute. I'm getting somewhere. Right after this, I'm going to say, here is the rest of the story. And we will see what God has for us. Ezekiel 10, verse 1. I'm going to be skipping around in this chapter a little bit just to get a good understanding of it. Praise the Lord. Then I looked, and behold, in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubims, there appeared unto them as it was a sapphire stone, as the appearance of likeness as of a throne. And he spake unto the man clothed with linen, and said, Go in between the wheels, even under the cherub, and fill thine hand with the coals of fire from the cherubims, and scatter them all over the city. And he went... In my sight, this is Ezekiel talking, and he's seeing a vision. Now the cherubim stood on the right side of the house when the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherubim and stood above the threshold of the house. We have to understand that the glory of the Lord was not to be on the threshold. It was supposed to be in the inner inner court by the Holy of Holies. And in this time of Ezekiel, a little history, this was after, after um, Ezekiel was in Babylon. Ezekiel was in Babylon because the Babylonians had already taken done two raids 
upon Israel because they had sinned, they had rebelled. And they had and that's uh, the first raid they took Daniel. Second raid they took the second highest class and and Ezekiel is in Babylon having a vision of Jerusalem. And he sees that the glory of the Lord is slowly but reluctantly leaving the temple. That's what this passage is about. We see that the glory is filled with a cloud. Verse 4, filled with a cloud and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. It's still apparent. It's still there. And it came to pass that even when the commanded... um, Sorry. Verse 5, And the sound of the cherubim's wings were heard even to the outer court as the voice of the Almighty God when He speaketh. It's still there. It's on the threshold, but it's slowly leaving. Verse 18 of the same chapter, Then the glory of the Lord departed from off the threshold of the house and stood above the cherubim's. And the, Lord, and the cherubim's lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. And when they went out, the wheels were also beside them, and everyone stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house. And the glory of the God of Israel was above them and over them. We see that he's at the door now. We see that the Lord is at the door. He was in the inner inner court. In, this, in the Ark of the Covenant. That's where he dwelt. But now we find him at the threshold. Then we find him at the door. Chapter 11, verse, chapter 11, verse 22. Then did the cherubims lift up their wings and the wheels beside them. And the glory of God of Israel was above them, of them above. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood upon the mountain was upon the east side of the city. It's completely left. The city of Jerusalem. Because of Israel's rebellion. Because of their lack of commitment and a lack of repentance. We see that the glory of the Lord is completely gone from the temple. Just a few years later, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, came for the third raid. And when in this raid, we see, in the first two raids, he just started taking stuff out of the palace. He started taking the gold and started taking everything and stripping everything, but he didn't touch the temple. Second raid, he took a little more, but didn't touch the temple. Because he knew that there was some power in that temple. But the third raid, when the soldiers came, this is after Ezekiel saw the vision of the glory of the Lord leaving the temple. They completely ransacked and destroyed the temple. The people of Israel was not desperate. They weren't desperate for the glory. They had turned their backs on God. In 1 Samuel, which happened way before, right before David's time, 
we see that the people of Israel had the same problem. This is a continuation of the problem. Because they did not view God as a spirit. Let me, let me explain this real quick. The Ark of the Covenant was a box that God commanded Moses to build. It was supposed to be a representative of God's glory and His presence. With it, the children of, of, of Israel had won many battles because they knew their God was with them and it was not a lucky charm, but the true power of God. But in 1 Samuel and later on, we see like over and over again the people of Israel overemphasize the box and not the God. But how many times do we do the same thing? How many times do we overemphasize the physical and forget about the spiritual? How, do we, how many times do we glorify a man and saying he's my Savior and saying, wait a minute, Jesus is my Savior. Now, I have to commit to my pastor. I have to be loyal to my pastor. I have to be submissive to my pastor. And I have to follow him as he follows Christ. But I'm not going to worship him. That would be overemphasizing the box. Because when they, in the people of Israel, when they slowly started to realize when the box got taken away from them, from the Philistines, they said, wait a minute. I thought it was the box. It wasn't the box. It was the glory of the Lord. So, in Ezekiel, later on, we see the glory of the Lord leaving the temple. It wasn't the temple. It was the glory of the Lord. The important part was not the temple. So many times the people of Israel said, well, we just got to return back to the temple. We just got to return to the temple. And they had a small smidgen of how important the glory of God was. But eventually, over time, they got tired of worshiping a temple. And they forgot the glory of God. Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18. We see that the glory of the Lord never returned to the temple. He's still out there. He, he's still outside the city. The Old Testament and the people of Israel never saw the glory back in Jerusalem. After Ezekiel had the vision and saw the glory of the Lord leave, never started coming back. But in Matthew 1, verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ 
was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she found with she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. We see the glory returning. But how desperate are the people? We see the glory of the Lord returning to the people of Israel. But how desperate are the people? Later on, we see that when Jesus had started his ministry, he came into the temple and he was not happy with it, Brother Pat, brother Motes. Because he knew the glory was not there. You have turned, he said, he, you have turned a house of prayer into a den of thieves. And he messed that place up. <laughs> because he knew the Israelites were not desperate for the glory. Mark 16. Verse 19. This is after the crucifixion. This is after God gave his life for our sins. Because he knew eventually, and he found people in his ministry who were desperate for the glory. Would we be one of the ones? When Jesus was living his life here on earth, would we be one of the ones that was desperate enough? Sister Twyla, you would be one of the ones. Because when you came to that meal that day, you were desperate for something. We see the rest of the story because Sister Twyla was desperate for the glory. We see the disciples in verse 19 of Mark. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, set on the right hand of God. The glory of the Lord had come, and it seemed like it had gone again. But Jesus had given them a promise. And on, as many of us know, this is Pentecost Sunday. Uh -huh. 
So let's turn to Acts 2. When we see desperate people searching for the glory. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I heard Brother Justin, I wasn't in here, but he had said something. When you start talking in tongues, something has to bypass your brain. God has to bypass your brain to get to your heart. Your desperation doesn't have to come from your head. The desperation of the glory of the Lord does not come from your head, Pastor. It comes from your heart. How desperate are we for the glory? Will we be Ichabod or Pentecost? Are we seeing the glory slowly but reluctantly leaving? Heard this message, probably was 2017, at a youth conference. The title of the message was Ichabod or Pentecost. Will we spend the time required just like the disciples of Jesus did before the day of Pentecost? Are we desperate enough to see this place filled with the cloud of the glory of the Lord? Are we desperate enough to put in the time, to put in the dedication, to see souls filled with the Holy Ghost? Something of our lost family members, will they see in us the desperation we have for them? Or will Nebuchadnezzar come again on the third raid and completely destroy this church? Because he doesn't have to be in this place. It's not about the box. We want God to be in this place at all times when we come and worship him. But how many times have I overemphasized the box? I want to be desperate for his glory. Musicians, will you come? I want to be desperate. I want to see my friends saved. I want to see this world be completely turned upside down with the name of Jesus. 
I want to see you, Preston, go and save souls and win people to the Lord and preach the gospel. I want to see you, Sister Twyla, while you're selling houses, be winning souls. I saw the other day, Brother Ethan, uh, Brother Dylan Szymanski posted on Instagram one of my favorite co-workers. He had a picture of her being baptized. Saying, met this wonderful lady at work. Been teaching her Bible studies for about six months. And she just received the Holy Ghost. Pastor... I want to see our Facebook page be filled with people receiving the Holy Ghost. I want to see certificates. I want to see plaques. I want to see this water be filled to the brim and people going down in Jesus' name. I want to be desperate for the glory. Please stand with me. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, let us lift up our hands. Uh, lift up our hearts to Jesus. Forget our mind. Uh, let God talk to our hearts today. Because we want to see the rest of the story. We want to see what God can do. But God can do nothing uh, if we're not desperate for Him. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus.